I'm. <laughs> <laughs> so if you don't know, uh, Dan and I always discuss uh, who's going to say it. So I guess I'm going to say it. Welcome to Rain City Supercars. I'm Nick. And I'm Dan. <laughs> and we're coming to you live from Drivers Club, brought to you by Avance, Haggerty, Rainier Beer, and Carter Subaru. Nick, how was the weekend? Uh, I had a stressful weekend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, how did the uh, British Car Day go? It w- it was good. Thanks thanks to all the volunteers that showed up. We were a little short staffed because of weather, and somebody decided to put on an endurance drive and took a bunch of my thugs away. And so only like five of them. <laughs> yeah, and then Jason was gone. Every, all everybody was gone. So there was a lot of there was a lot of people that stepped up and helped, and it was great. Um, was, we were a little empty on the outside, but the center court was was good. Um, you know, we uh, we even had the uh, the 720 in Largo come out, which was really cool, and had that actually parked next to Kevin's 720, or, or sorry, not 720, 675 LT, which looked really good. I had two uh, Morgans parked next to my car. Really the cool. Yeah. Very really. cool. And they looked brand new, but apparently they were like a 2011 and 2010, but it was, it, I, I realized I think I want one of those, too. Yeah, aren't they cool? Because I don't have enough things that are British that break down that I think I need one of those. <laughs> but uh, I think, I, I, I mean, I'm sure I could fix a Harley engine. It can't be that hard, right? <laughs> Yeah, technically, no, it's not that hard. No, it's, uh, <laughs> it, I mean, it was, it was, we were, we were light because, like, the weather was playing with us big time. Yeah, it rained and a so, little toward the end there. So, um, it, it, it kind of, we thought we were going to get dumped on, but we didn't. And then, uh, ended up coming on over to, uh, Drivers Club and doing the British brunch or, you know, that Carl and, uh, Peter Gleason put on, which is, um, uh, you know, I, I think I would be six times the size I am now if I lived in Britain. It was so good. <laughs> There's a few things I still don't understand, like why you eat half of tomatoes uh, from a can and Heinz beans, but the bread grilled <laughs> or baked or whatever in bacon grease is, yeah. That sounds amazing. It is. Uh, you wouldn't be, though, if you lived there, because you'd have to walk everywhere, because driving this over is there true. is awful. <laughs> this is true. Okay, you make a good point. But And there was a ton, the ton of the Brits were here, so it was interesting, and Peter uh, walked me through on a proper way to make a good cup of tea and what you do and what you don't do, and um, yeah. I'm hooked now. No more sleepy time for me. <laughs> Working my way up to the good British stuff. Nice. I guess it's Indian tea, isn't it? It's not even British. It's it, I don't know what it was. So it There's was a very, very long and interesting story behind the history of tea in Great Britain, mm-hmm. actually. If you ever want to listen to it, it was, uh, I think it was Stuff You Missed in History Class, actually. It has a very good podcast on that. I will gladly give them a plug because it's an awesome episode about that whole thing. But mm. anyway, uh, yeah, we did our... Di- our well, it started as an endurance drive. It was more of a rally, but we didn't do stickers or anything like that. We just did a, a small invite to a few people, and no incidents. Test, rain- a test rally. <laughs> yeah, it was, and it was, really, because yeah. it's like uh, when you want to do these big trips, like uh, the Seamont was pretty organized, like stop by stop by stop. This was just, I'm going to kind of feel it out as we go, and man, did we hit some epic roads. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> Rained us on the way over. We we started everything from Walla Walla. We stayed there and then uh, down to McCall via Hell's Canyon. The official Hell's Canyon scenic byway is the majority of it. But then we went to Lewiston, then Lewiston back to Enterprise. And, uh, did you do the old grade? Oh, yeah. Yeah, okay. yeah. We Absolutely. drove up the old grade, did a few pictures up there. But I'll tell you what, that, that old grade highway, very cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, that hill climb has got nothing on some of the routes we went up. And that was beautiful, don't be wrong. But don't forget the sheriff stations at the bottom. And because it's like a thing to do in Lewiston, there's a lot of cars on it. Yeah. There are sections of road we went down, and it was like <laughs> just nobody. I tried to ride up amazing. that in a, on a bicycle once when I was a kid on a ride and did not make it. That sounds awful. It was. That's why I didn't make it. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it was absolutely awful. But like uh, Being towed up that on a bicycle sounds awful. <laughs> that road is insane. I think I ended up in the back of a small Toyota truck. But other than that, it was fine. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, no, it, it looked incredible, all the photos coming back and uh, – 
picked up some new friends, it looks like. Some people that haven't been on rallies. Yeah, before. picked up some new friends. May have made one enemy out of a very psychotic woman in Enterprise. Um, but other than that, it was great. <laughs> one psychotic woman. Okay, great. <laughs> do you have some passing issues? Yeah, just a little bit. Oh, okay. Um, so I'm going to do, you know, that's a good thing. Let's roll into our Carter Subaru tip sure. today. I'm actually going to do two of them today. They're Ooh. very, very different. But Two uh, for one special. They're, they're two, but they're short, and I think they're important because I'm seeing a lot of this lately. Last week at uh, Exotics, not not this past weekend with British Car Day, but uh, the weekend before, we had a, a big mix of cars. And because it's getting close to the end of the season, we're getting all sorts of different cars out. And what we're seeing a lot more here of, especially in Washington, is a lot of JDM import cars. Yeah. Very cool stuff. It's fun to see the R32s rolling around and diesel Land Cruisers and stuff like that. We had a ton of Defenders at British Car Day this weekend. Yeah, I saw. So, yeah. Very cool stuff. Um the big problem with those, besides what you think would be like getting parts and things like that, is that they're not set up to drive on this side of the road. Now, you talked about this in Arizona as you were driving Seth's R32. <laughs> really cool car. The seats don't fit Nick at all. But uh, Imagine that. Large one American other man doesn't fit in a Japanese seat. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. From the early 90s especially. Yeah. So totally not marketed for us. But the headlights are all pointing on the wrong side of the road. Mm-hmm. And so as you're driving those cars, you're basically just blinding everyone you come into. Um, that's fixable. Take the five minutes, somebody. I know you can get a cheap JDM really cool car for like 15 grand these days, but just freaking turn your headlights. Simple, simple thing to do there. Most also, cars just have a knob, like you can get under the hood and turn them. Yeah, yeah. exactly. It's, it's, it's a relatively easy adjustment. You don't have to replace them typically. Uh, early 80s, that wasn't the case. A lot of guys like to do the Euro swaps on the front ends of Volkswagen. Like I remember I wanted to do that so bad in my Scirocco one day. Somebody pointed out, like, yeah, they're not adjustable. You're just going to blind everyone in traffic. It's cool to have the sealed BMH4s and those old... 80s cars but it's not made for here you're just blinding everyone around you so you do have to take that into consideration and um even if you buy a jdm vehicle if you have like a a, the skyline has adjustment but like land cruisers i see a lot of guys doing this right now because they want the diesels i don't blame them but you actually want to swap to the u.s headlight set they'll fit just right in there it's the only difference and they'll point in the right direction which is kind of nice to have trying to listen to this but in my head all i'm hearing is blinded by the light (laughs) (laughs) yeah so, uh, and then the second one was just a, a tip from the rally that we try to give everybody. So when you're doing uh, a big group of cars and you're in, like, no way around it, you're in these back roads, you're going to be behind somebody who's doing, like, 20 down a 50-mile-an-hour road because the corner says 20 miles an hour. Well, we can take those comfortably at typically the speed limit of the road, and that's fine. Um, but the safe way to pass those people, it's a big difference here. You can be fast on the street or the track, but you do not pass the same on the street as you do on the track. On the track, everybody's used to you coming up on them really, really tight because you want to get really tight in there and use that draft and get around as quick as possible. So on the street, when you've got that group, if you hang back with a bunch of cars, you all move to the inside of the line on the left without riding that person's ass really, really bad. And they will typically move over nicely and be thankful and even wave you by because you got cool cars and everybody likes to see cool cars out in the road. Unless they got a Prius. Right, then they just hate the, on the world. On the goat road. Yeah, yeah, I'm assuming they're just mad at the world and hate everyone at that point. Pretty but much. In most cases... Mm-hmm. Uh, they will let you buy nicely if you show that you want to pass and you have a large group. Most people are happy to take the turnouts, and we've had a lot of really good luck with that on our rallies. Every now and then you'll get somebody bad, and that's, hey, it's the street, not a track. Remember that. But, uh, yeah, if the more you ride someone's butt out there, the more likely you're going to get the cops called on you right away, uh, that you're going to get a bad reputation, especially if you have stickers on your cars. That's how you ruin a rally. That's like rule number one is you're on a road, not a racetrack. If you're being a jerk to everybody on the road, and that and that is includes that really aggressive, on the car in front of you's bumper, that ruins it for not just you. Like it's not your drive, it's not your road. This is a public road. You have to think about other things besides yourself. You have to think about the whole group and how that re- how that reflects on the entire group. 
So be courteous to the other people around you when you're on these big group drives. And as we get closer to the end of the season, I'm seeing a lot of them pop up. Um, so just and so just keep that in mind. Also, if you aggressively pass somebody, and I'm just making an assumption here, don't stop in the next town. <laughs> 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 I'm making some assumptions, but yeah, okay, yeah. Anyway, that's your Carter Subaru tips tips of the day. Tips. You got a bonus Ooh, one today. Bonus. Yep. Dan's no. in a good mood. <laughs> ah, we love our friends at Carter. Absolutely. So, yep. Which I need to go see if someone will buy me. I got somebody finally talking to me about my Audi. So if I can sell that, I can go get my car. So Nice. My new car. Yeah. So should we introduce our guest today? Sure. All right. Randy, welcome to the show. It's an honor to be here. Thank you. Our guest today is... We both know that's not true. (laughs) (laughs) It's an honor to have you. (laughs) Well, thank you for inviting me. Our guest today is Randy Wells. He's a very uh, well-known photographer, especially in the Porsche community, and he has one beautiful 72... 911 down there called A911. <laughs> That's a great plate. It is a great plate. Well played. And well played. But Th- uh, thank you. We love your work, and I'm sure, and I want to hear all about it, how you got started, how you became a Porsche fanatic, and everything wow. from start to finish. Okay. Well, uh, I think that the first car that really struck me was a, a Jaguar E-Type that came into the town I lived in uh, in Alaska. It was a fishing village. Only accessible by boat and plane. It came in on the boat, and it was quite the sensation. This was um, in the 60s. Not the car I would order for a, dr- a boat right. in town right. in Alaska. <laughs> well, the owner was unusual as well, okay. but uh, it made quite an impression. I uh, Later on, I had a kind of a pseudo-uncle. He d- wasn't actually related to me directly, but he was a salesman at, um, at Karsten's uh, Volkswagen Porsche dealership, and he would uh, come over every Sunday for my grandmother's meal, which was, she was from Missouri and she cooked great food. So he would come over and he would bring a loaner car every time. And one day he showed up in a 911 and and that was it. Yeah. That was, that was the smell, the sound, the the look, everything about it. I, you know, the first thing I did was go to, you know, the, the bookshop and get a road and track magazine so I could learn all about it. Um, So I was 16 at that time. Uh, it wasn't. It was much later that I actually bought a Porsche. I wanted a 914, but couldn't afford it, so I got an Opel Manta. Before that, I had a Ford Capri. So I had, you know, illusions of uh, wanting to be, have a sports car without actually owning a sports car. Uh, that's most people. Yeah, yeah I exactly. think that's the way yeah. it is, except for the the, the lucky few. But uh, I had a great uh, great time in those cars, and when I did finally get a Porsche, it was. You know, a, a dream come true. And the first thing I did was take it to Autocross and, and track it. I wanted to learn how to drive. And your first one was a 911? It was. Uh, great start. <laughs> it was a SC Targa, um, which is a great little car, but I, I always felt like it needed more power. So, you know, I I, I saw a magazine with a 911S, an early 911S on the cover. And I said, well, that's what I really want. And I went to a, an event, a park place, and... Uh, there were, there was some early 911s, and there was one I was looking at. It was really uh, a beautiful uh, Albert Blue 72E or something. And there was a guy walked over to me and said, you know, I have one of these for sale if you're interested. And I said, great, where do you live? You know, my wife was there, so we went over, and he rolled up the garage door, and it was like, that's, that's the one. <laughs> That'll do. <laughs> yeah. yeah, That'll work. So, yeah. So that was really the beginning of my Porsche life. Um, photography started for me when I was very young. I I had a brownie like every other kid did. Uh, loved to photograph. 
I actually went to San Francisco in the summer of 68 with the Cannonette, shot 18 rolls of film. Okay. Um, yeah, wait, Dan, like, what, what's like a brownie? Brownie? <laughs> well, a brownie's well, a Kodak. I'm hungry. Oh, okay. Okay, yeah, got it. Yeah, Kodak. Okay. So a Kodak brownie would be, you know, your little box camera. Okay. Yeah, and it was, you know, it it, it did the trick, you know, with the little flash cubes and the whole yeah. thing. Yeah, oh, okay, I got you. All yeah, right. one of those old ones. A long time ago. You may yeah. continue. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, after that trip to San Francisco, I didn't have the money to develop the film. So I... I put it in a bag and, and put it in the basement and figured someday I'll develop this film. And it got thrown out. And oh. so, so uh, you know, but it didn't really affect me. I didn't, I just figured, you know, that that's wasn't meant to be. And uh, then I went to, after college, I at UPS, I went to Chicago and uh, studied to be an optometrist. And it was there that I rediscovered photography and started taking darkroom classes. And, about a Canon A1 in 76 when it first came out which, because it was automatic and it seemed like I didn't have to learn too much about <laughs> exposures and apertures. It'll do the work for you. Shutter yeah. speeds sure. and stuff. So that was a that was my start. And then I started shooting uh, color slight film and it just grew from there. In 80, well, while I was in Chicago, I went to a bookstore and went to the photography section and there was a book by Ernst Haas called The Creation. I pulled that off the shelf went back to my little studio apartment and decided that's what I wanted to do. Yeah. I was in my third year of optometry school, so I kind of... <laughs> Great timing. <laughs> had to make a Thank decision. God you hadn't spent any money on that. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Sure. Yeah. So uh, I decided I would continue uh, at school and graduate and practice optometry and spend all my time photographing that I could. And I ended up doing that for... Uh, 12 years and then made the switch to photography. I ended up making more money because I joined a couple of stock agencies in the in the in the mid 80s when you could make a money, uh, you could make good money doing that. And I, made, I was making more than I was, when I was as an optometrist, so I took wow. a sabbatical and didn't come back. Fair enough. So Dang. that was 92. Still waiting to go back, huh? Yeah, <laughs> I Yeah, I have a little you know, room in my house. Yeah, you, you you've know. got your shingle <laughs> yeah. out there. Yeah, which absolutely. is better, one or two? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now I do that on the computer, which is better, one or two? Yeah, exactly. with or without the Photoshop app. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, it's uh, it's been a great journey. Been very fortunate. Yeah. Uh, started in travel and nature when you could do that, um, and then when 9/11 happened the travel industry kind of folded almost for a couple of years and you know digital came along microstock came along royalty free came along everything was different digital yeah. came along and uh you know i i actually took like four years off and just played with cars because you know the the digital camera was twenty thousand dollars and i didn't want to spend that much on a camera that was going to be out of date in yeah. you know six months the so. minute you bought it yeah it's like a dvd <laughs> player <laughs> yeah so um, somebody said, you should shoot cars, because I was autocrossing at the Porsche Club. And I thought, well, that's an idea. I don't know if that's going to work. But turns out cars are kind of like pets. You know, everybody wants a picture of their cars. So yes, turned out pretty well. And other people's cars. Yeah. Exactly. yeah. So I was going to say one of the only framed prints I have of a car is not mine. It's <laughs> somebody else's 911. <laughs> Go figure. Yeah. Um, you know, I was looking through your Instagram. Uh one of my favorite photos that you've posted so far, the 914 is close to my heart. It was my, my, my first access to a Porsche was a 914. My brother bought a 914, a little, it was a 1.7, I think. Mm -hmm. but, he drew in, but he fixed this thing up to perfection. 
and the 914.6. So you have a you have a photo of exactly. an orange one, I think, on there that I saw recently. And uh, was that what drew you to that car first? The the 914. Yeah, you said you wanted a 914. You were talking about Porsche. I think so it was affordable <laughs> compared <laughs> compared to the 911. Um, it had a lot of trunk space. <laughs> yeah, for for a student who was gonna, you know, end up going cross country probably to graduate school. Stuff in the front, roof in the back. You know, it was a it was a great car. I, I just couldn't uh, couldn't convince my parents to help me with that. Um, so I it's I, always a tough conversation. I don't. <laughs> yeah, I <wouldn't laughs> Dad, can I have a Porsche? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so uh, I mean, nine fourteens are 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 uh, iconic now. At the time, they weren't necessarily although the f- six was a rare car and, and a fairly expensive car yeah but the basins were like a thousand bucks used on you know in the you can find it at the time it was i think he bought it out of the paper like the herald then everett his where he found his i think yeah people weren't necessarily spending a lot of money on maintenance on 914s back then so no some of them kind of disappeared but um it's still a great car and it, that's a gt i think a replica that that's in the instagram post and and there it's a beautiful shape Yeah. Let's take our first break and we'll come back in just a minute. We spend an average of eight hours and 41 minutes a day facing screens, laptops, smartphones, tablets, even digital refrigerators. But what are we really connected to? Isn't it time you connected to something greater? Sometimes the best way to connect is to disconnect. This moment of escape was created by Haggerty for people who love cars. And we're back. And we knew who was going to bring it back because I was going to bring it back, not you. I okay, pointed. Yeah. You pointed <laughs> at me, yeah, so I knew. We worked out a system. Yeah. <laughs> so, Randy, you talked about, um, you know, finding a love of, of, of photography young and then kind of coming back to it and, and realizing that and getting into cars. Yeah. Is there a certain – do you have a signature shot in your mind? Like we were joking off on the break. You were saying – we were talking about we wanted you to give some tips. And I'm like, yeah, don't shoot into the sun. And you looked at me like, no, I shoot into the sun all the time. And I'm like, oh, okay. But you – and some of your stories, like do you have a signature shot that you look for? Or is it something just in the moment in the car? I, I think I recognize it when I see it. It's not always preplanned. Um I really like it if I'm get uh, if I get surprised, okay. you know, by a photograph or, or or a confluence of different things together, whether it be a car and people and motion or the type of road or the background or the foreground or something that comes into the frame. It's like okay, this is even better than what I had hoped for. Then, then I'm that's a pleasure for me. Sure. So when I when I feel that, I I really do um, feed off of that, and and it helps me to keep shooting and. And uh, growing as a photographer because there's never the learning never stops. It's it's a constant uh, thing. So when you ask for a signature shot, I don't. I would leave it up to the viewer to decide what that is because I really don't have a favorite photograph. I've got favorites, but you know I I I remember uh, showing Sam Abel, who was a National Geographic photographer. a selection of images to get his feedback on and he said i want you to show me you know 200 pictures or whatever and he, and he took like 20 out of there and he and he lined them all up and he said your your goal from now on is to not go below this mark huh. this is this is your these are this is what you have to offer this is your vision and this is uh what you can build on but you know your goal now is to not fall below that level um, and he's, he said something. He said, 
you, your photos have a lot of flair. And I thought, they have a lot of flair? You know, like, like flair. Laird's flair. No, no, <laughs> yeah. no flair. <You're, laughs> so, you have you talent. Know, <laughs> he was very complimentary, and, and it was very instrumental in my building a portfolio from there because um, I took his advice and, and you know, started with that page 20 and just build with and that was back in the transparency days but you know it doesn't matter you just you can make a light box or whatever 20 pictures and and then just you know get some get a mentor get somebody to, that knows enough to give you good advice yeah uh, tell us about national Ge- geographic like you you've had what, two Big big moments in National Geographic. Yeah, I, I think the first one was a cover of National Geographic Traveler, having to be the Space Needle, huh. and it was a long time ago actually. Um, but it was for me that was a, that was a big deal. Um, and then later I, w- I was in the Yellow Magazine. Uh, I had a double page spread of an aerial over the Everglades um, that Getty sold, and. Uh, that was that. I mean, to be in the Yellow Magazine, that's a real honor. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, I wanted to ask you about uh, one fun thing I saw in a couple of your photos: the Baja 1000. Yeah. Uh, is it the Baja or is that, is that the Mexican 1000? Yeah, the one we were on is the Mexican 1000. Okay. We did it actually two years in a row. Uh, first year was for an article for Panorama, the PCA National yeah. Magazine. Um, and but when we got back, Je- uh, Jeff Gamera t- uh, said, "Hey, we're going to Emory's campout." can you put a film together? And I had thought ahead and actually shot footage during the trip <laughs> yeah. with the idea that, you know, that might happen. Uh, and it was a month till the camp out. I said, well, I think we can do it. You know, if we, I need a little money. I need a little more budget. You know, I've got to find an editor. You know, we're just going to have to throw something together. You know, yeah. it'll be like five minutes. And he said, five minutes long. I said, he said, that's fine. So we did that and actually, you know, turned out pretty good. And the following year, it was all film. We wanted to, they wanted a 20-minute film, <laughs> and that was that was our primary goal. So I I brought along an assistant with his drone. So we had six cameras, eight GoPros, two drones, or our own car, camera car, um, and we made a film, and it won an award. So that's great. What was the name of the film? Uh, it was called Icarus. Icarus. All right. Uh, can, where can we link to it somewhere? Is it where can people on see it? On my site. Is, um, it, is it streaming directly from your page? Mm-hmm. Okay. It's on Vimeo. Okay. I will put the Vimeo link in the podcast when we publish this. So cool. Ran- Randy, when you got here uh, earlier, we were talking, and, and I wasn't totally aware of, of the Mexican 1000 and the mm-hmm. differences between. Because Baja, it's, mm-hmm. it's straight shot. But Mexican mm-hmm. 1000, there's, there, there's pitch stops, they're, they're overnights, and mm-hmm. it's a lot different, correct? It's 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 better for the team Kay. because they have time to repair the car ah. at night, which is a huge, you know, it's that's a that's a big advantage in terms of finishing the. Is the it race. just one night? Do they have one, they have one no, night? No, every night. How many nights stop. is it? It's five. Five nights. Okay. Five okay. nights. Okay. So, um, for the photographer, it's not as good because you're running. They're running during the day mostly, so okay. the light is not as interesting. Oh, okay. Um, huh. But, um, you know, we were able to add enough environmental footage in great light to sort of add that flavor to the film. And we had two days before the race to, you know, to do a lot of our shots. So that helped a lot, too. Cool. It was a great event. We, they won their class, first and second. And uh, we had a great time. Is that something, as, as with your love of photography, is that something you've always wanted to work into, is, is film and, and making things like that? Or is that something that's just sort of happened by by your talent? 
I don't know if it has anything to do with talent, but um, <laughs> I think it's it's actually, I'd say it's about 10 times harder than stills because you've got motion, you've got audio, you've got, uh, you know, there's only, if it's a documentary, which is what we're doing, you only have one shot at, at everything that yeah, you need to get. You know, so second takes of a documentary like there's that. There's nothing, yeah. there, there was nothing staged you know, because yeah. oh, you crash, can you do it again? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> just, just, so, hit the, just hit the skip button. You know, <laughs> GoPros are great in that regard, and we had GoPros mounted on, you know, all over the car, so we got some really interesting shots that way, because you can't necessarily fly a drone that far into the track, uh, and you can't be on the track unless you're racing or you're competing. So we had they had a Hummer, which my assistant rode in for part of the trip, um, to get closer to you know photograph the breakdowns and things like that. Cool. Interesting. I mean, I've looked at all those races, and, think, and it's just insane watching those guys in the prep. And like I said, I was talking to you about some of the little things that can happen down there as far as, you know, the, the citizens loving you and helping you out or, or digging a hole so that you ride into it and they have, they, you can pay them to get you out. Kind yeah, of there's thing. a lot of $100 bills. $100 bills that take, <laughs> take, take place, take place, take place. Yeah. Is there a car that you, it, it's still you'd like to shoot? I think any of the Ferrari race cars Kay. would be um, – great to shoot i love the 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 330 it's not down there Dan. i was say we only got one in yeah. here today yeah yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> yeah that one yeah yeah how about a cool. lamborghini race car yeah we got one of those yeah uh, i mean that's fine too yeah. I, I i i guess it's the classics like the three you know the uh, th 330 p4 the yeah. alpha 33 i mean those, those shapes are yeah. just you know gorgeous and you know shooting those in the studio would be a dream come true the artisan of, of the of the uh, Italian body art. I was laughing with everybody here that <laughs> during British Car Day, we had an alpha owner that got past the front gate, past the second gate, and I in, ended up parking him in center court without even thinking about it. That's how off I was and how beautiful this alpha was. Parked it right in the middle of all the British cars. You're like, there you go. And the guy comes up to Sean and goes, hey, uh, I don't know if I'm supposed to park there. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I understand that. You get overwhelmed by the beauty. So, yeah. Yeah, I can definitely see that. Um, where do you have... Uh, let me rephrase this. I was going to ask what you have coming up, but uh, what in the in the past besides? I mean, what have you been your favorite events you've covered, or, or is the ones that you've maybe dreaded and turned out to be awesome? Hmm. It's got to be weddings. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I've done two weddings yeah. in my lifetime, very early on in the film days, and that was it for friends. For friends, for friends. Of course, yeah. Okay, and that was it. That's no more. Uh, but uh, I, you know, it's hard to say. I mean, back in my travel days, there were some really interesting things. I remember uh, going up in to shoot the fall color in New England and, you know, taking off in a little Cessna. And when we got up there, the radio malfunctioned. So, and then the fog came in. So we had to make an instrument landing in the fog. And it was like we dropped down to 20 feet off the ground before we saw it. Oh, and I wasn't really, I wasn't really, uh, that's a pucker factor. Yeah. yeah. That would be, you know, one of them. I remember getting, I was shooting wildlife and, and I was, I was photographing a cheetah running at me cause that's, that was a shot that I was trying to get. <laughs> so, um, and, and, and they then had a shot of Randy running away from the cheetah. They had, they, had, <laughs> they had starved this cat for like two weeks and, um, he, instead of stopping, you know, he, he, he came right at me and he snagged me with his dew claw and for the next two evenings, I had nightmares, you know, because it's like 
in our bodies, there's still the caveman, yeah. you know, with the animals attacking you. Sure. And there's this response that you have, that your body and mind have, that, that, that's still there. Fight or flight kind of thing? Yeah. Well, yep. it's kind of like survival. Mm-hmm. And uh, it took a while for me to, like, kind of get over that. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I got to ask. So was there, like, a carcass in front of you? And he was, I mean, what the? No, he was just coming. Or they just said, hey, go ahead and step in there. He hasn't eaten for a few weeks. <laughs> there was no meat available except for me. Oh, okay, good. That yeah. was, I was the, I was dinner, you know. I see. But, they, you know, it was, they, they offered to take me to the. You know, the first aid center. And yeah. Give me a tetanus shot. So that was nice. Oh, that's nice. Of <laughs> and I got the shoot for free. So that was probably almost You get worth. tetanus from a cheetah? Well, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I I, like, they I weren't mean, taking any chances. Who, who knows, so right? I was, yeah. I was <laughs> nodding. You have this that'll make you feel better. It won't do anything, way. but here you go. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Would you like a Band-Aid? <laughs> I almost died. <laughs> Here's a sucker. <laughs> yeah, right? So uh, do you, did did uh, your th- that little flying incident did that change? Did you like to fly still? Because I love I, aerial I stopped stuff. learning how to fly when when I went IFR because I I couldn't do it. Well, I shoot I I fly a drone now, and, yeah, and, and a lot that's, easier. That's a lot. It's hard to die in a drone. Fa- in a, yeah, I don't drone care if it falls yeah. out of the sky. That's yeah. okay. <laughs> you do when it falls in Lake Washington. Trust yeah. me. Oh, okay. <laughs> I've had some. I have had some close yeah. calls. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the I still got to get that swim. back. That's only been like nine years. Really? <laughs> no. Oh man. Oh. But it, uh, it's amazing that what you can do with a drone these days yeah. as far as things. How it's long have you been working with drones? Uh, personally, a um, couple of years. Okay. The, the DJI uh, Mavic Pro 2 just came out. Mm-hmm. It's a 20 megapixel still camera in that house of blood. And uh, it's definitely, you know, up to the quality that. Oh, I've needed. had Mavics. And I, but the, inspi- the Inspire I had is in the one well, it's in the, that's it's in the lake. Yeah, uh, well, that would be. Unfortunately. So. I did, that, <laughs> that's an expensive. Yeah, drone. I know. <laughs> Trust me. Like no insurance well on that either. Yeah. Yeah, so. it's hard to insure those things. Yeah. yeah. But Mavics, I mean, the, what you can, the shots you can get and the speeds you can get now with those things are incredible. It's amazing. Yeah. I wanted to touch real quick on your your autocross. Your car is set up very, very nicely for a 72 911. Uh, Thank you. Lightened, killer suspension. Interior upgrades, fun, nice ride. Uh, you're still so you're still doing autocross, or are you doing switching to road race now? Because you're grand touring, you said more. Yeah, I did autocross for like ten years competitively. I started in '98, and I think I wor- I think I actually probably did it like 14 years. Um, and competitively, it was it was a lot of fun. I had a great uh, partner who, and we we achieved you know trophies at nationals and stuff. Um, but. You know, it's a young man's sport, and it's also it requires a lot of time. Uh, you know, there's prep, there's a day of prep, there's a day of, then you come back and things break down. And I mean, that car's had like three motors and three transmissions, and you know, we've broken stub axles and all sorts of stuff that, you know, what's on the whole. It means you're driving it right. Exactly. Well, you know, <laughs> yeah, you stress the car a bit. Yeah. But um, it's a great way to learn, um, you know. Uh, skill, driving skills and accident avoidance is, is one of the things that you get out of it. So it's a great sport. Yep. Amanda just did her first autocross last week uh, with the Avance Ladies track. Uh, it was not track day. They did an autocross day, and she said it was life-changing. That's cool. As an imagine autocrossing a GT3 RS would be. <laughs> Doesn't everybody start with a GT3 RS? No? Totally. Oh, no, okay. <laughs> you didn't? <laughs> no, they won't let me on an autocross track for obvious reasons. There was a cone, cone, a, cone petici- a cone petition against me, but yeah, <laughs> so <laughs> they know what they did. So you said you're uh, you set it up for Grand Touring. You said these days. Yeah, so they took the cage out and 
it doesn't have the big wheels and tires on it and this the the shocks are softer and the torsion bars are softer and yeah you know it's just it's still it's still 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 has solid bushings and stuff so it still makes noises but yeah it's a, it's it's a, it's a fun ride the way it is now but it's nice to have still have the car so do a uh, road trip with it yeah i i i drove it to Liptical and displayed it there this last year very cool or this year, I guess it was. I don't want to get down there. Seems and like forever, but and you yeah. said your wife is your editor. She helps with you. Well, she's my she's my um, CFO, basically. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she's, she's in charge of the money. Understood. Not me. Understood. Uh, <laughs> but she 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 comes from an editing background. Actually, she was she worked at German Geo in New York. She worked at uh, Runners World. She was the photo editor there. She was the photo editor at Westlight Photo Agency, and then. Then uh, Allstock, which became Tony Stone, which became Getty. So she's got a lot of experience. Yeah. And she's... Um, Some big names in there. Yeah. Yeah. She's, a, she's very talented. You know, she's also a photographer. So she understands. I mean, that's the only, re- that's the only way I could marry somebody. I mean, nobody else gets what I do. <laughs> you know, that would you're going to do what? <laughs> you're never going to be home? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's so not you're going to have a cheetah run at you? I, I don't think it's a good idea. <laughs> yeah. What if it doesn't stop? It'll what stop. Could go wrong? What could yeah. go wrong? Yeah, yeah exactly. Well, you're going to hang out of a car? <laughs> yeah. Does she yeah. have a passion for cars? She, she, not in the way that I do. Okay. She can only look at a motor so many engine bays before it. You know, she wants to do something different. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good way to put that. That's a good way to put that. Do you have any other hobbies besides photography and cars? Like, is there anything else that? I've been a record collector for 40 years. So oh, there you go. I'm, I'm an audiophile guy. Um, but, uh, and, I've, and I was in, really into tribal rugs for a long time. Um, That's the first I've heard on the show. But, <laughs> but honestly, you know, this is an all-consuming to be... To be um, competitive in today's world as a photographer, writer, filmmaker, it's, it's a full-time job. You got to be on it all the time. Yeah, you do. yeah. We do. We have a lot of photographers. I mean, they keep the car world going around. Really, like that's what makes or breaks your events. If you don't have good photographers, you don't really have an event. Uh, it won't stay. And so we've been fortunate that we have a lot of photographers around here, like Carl, and yeah. things like that. And who, bye, Carl. Um, yeah. <laughs> Carl's great. Carl got mad and left. No. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we got a lot of young photographers that are coming up, which is interesting to see Mm -hmm. some of these kids that were raised with a you know Mm -hmm. a digital camera like like you said with your brownie was like Mm -hmm. a digital camera now. So it's interesting to see that uh, where the art has going, you know, and 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 where the photo is. And I mean, I've learned a ton just by talking to you and by talking to Carl about. Obviously, you can shoot into the sun. I knew that now. So Mm -hmm. knowing that, you know. I, I would have never thought of that. I'm a terrible photographer. I'm so am the, I. the epitome of like auto. And everybody <laughs> thinks they're really good. Because, yeah, yeah. Well, that's part of the challenge. Yeah. Because, you know, everybody <clears> goes, oh, but you understand, I bought the new iPhone. It has three cameras. I must be good at this. The can't, you know, so right. everything's going to look good. That's the nice thing about being a writer. People know they can't write, so that helps. Yep. <laughs> Especially those of us that don't know how to spell. But, yeah, <laughs> you know, it's, uh, true. it's a little bit different that way, you know. <laughs> oh, you got to do it that way. Yeah. Not as articulate as you think. No. Let's uh let's we're about to coming up on our quick next break here and we'll be right back. Grandpa, what do you call this thing again? It's a six-to-six Ford Bronco. I think you got ripped off. Why is that, honey? It's got no Wi-Fi, no USB port, no Bluetooth. Exactly. I guess we'll just have to talk. Sometimes the best way to connect is to disconnect. Is that the window button? It's called a window crank. Cool. 
The faster I move it, the faster it goes down. This moment of escape was created by Haggerty. Being old is kind of cool, Grandpa. Works for me, for people who love cars. And we're back. And uh, on the break, we were talking about uh, we want to stay positive. Uh, there's so many photographers, I think, that are getting, uh, you're not doing this right, you're not doing this right. What do you think is working in photography today that's really moving people along? I think Instagram's wonderful. Um, there's a lot. That's something you don't hear, I don't every, hear day. That every day from photographers. I well, yeah. I think it's the best platform around. I mean, I'm, I'm on Instagram. I don't have a lot of followers. But uh, I find it to be... Um, uh, very helpful and just you know we're talking about the 20 photographs you can yeah. you can almost do the same thing on Instagram um, I think there's a there, you know you get it's very ins- inspirational some of the, some of the work is really good I mean there's a, the vast majority is not but there's there are some talented people out there I think um, there's a little bit of kickback some of the over processing or compositing that's going on like putting people in top of mountains and stuff like that it's a little bit i don't believe um for myself that's uh not a goal of mine uh but uh, you know I, I you know people are, are getting a lot of followers that way and so people are doing it um there might be some some changes in that in in the direction more, more piercing um because it's a lot harder to do hmm. than to just put t- uh, photographs together and make something this dramatic I, I mean i'm guilty of doing it myself but it's not something that i do for my personal work so huh. but i think there's a lot of talent out there. there's a lot of inspiration i will say this i mean i'm as far as instagram i i understand it as a tool as, with, with what we do i'm not really good at it I, you know i post pictures of cars and dogs and stuff like that but i will say that some of the photography that i've seen on instagram is incredible and i'm and i know you know somebody that put a ton of time just to do one post, I mean, you know, the, the, what it takes, and it's, it's yep. insane to me, not only the editing but the hashtagging and making sure that you're reaching the audience that you're trying to reach. Yeah, I mean, it's, I think Carl's popularity has shown that so much with his photos. Like, he has a, a draw like that with everybody in the community here knows him because he gets the photos around here that nobody else is taking. Like, that's his, I guess you could He's say He's also not niche. afraid to sleep in a bush. So True. There's that, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't laugh, Randy. He's in your book. Oh, no. I <laughs> this is in my backyard. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we were... Uh, Girl, get out of the book. <laughs> <laughs> we were also talking about media and as far as it's changing. And we're saying print is kind of dying. But um, but yet, in a weird way, it's not. As we're looking at uh, the Road Rat and Triple Zero Magazine, I love them both. And I think... I was saying on the break, they're, they're kind of like, I think they're kind of like records now. Mm-hmm. Where it's like people who really love and appreciate things in their truest form, they want to go back to that print. And so they're kind of, I'm seeing a, a revival of it's these. It's a tactile so- feel. Yeah. It's, That's it's, why I started collecting vinyl like you. Exactly. And and the sound is different. I mean, yeah, it the is. pops and the cracks. Yeah. yeah. And uh, your work in Triple Zero was really cool. We were just drooling over this 9-11 you shot in there. Um, do you still prefer, I mean, obviously, do you prefer working in digital, like uh, presenting in digital or presenting in print? And I guess there, like, there are different challenges to both. Um, you know, I mean, you got to convert to CMYK for print, and you have to have, uh, you know, somebody that really knows printing and being on press and press checks and you C- know, the, CMYK. Well, RGB is what's used, yeah. or sRGB is for the internet, and then CMYK they have to trans. Well, it's a it's a it's a more complicated process to produce a book or a magazine compared to 
you know, posting a picture on the internet. It's it it just requires more time and yeah, I like this it's expenses. Like, yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> and printers actually use cyan, magenta. Like oh, that's, that's what we're talking about. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm sorry. Well, and I truly think like when you see something in print, yeah. like that is the way the photographer wanted it to be seen. Like I feel like when I view something on my computer screen, I'm thinking, okay, do I have my tones and the brightness to the point where Got it. is this the way that, that the mm. artist wanted me to see this photo or or this this video? I think in my mind. Well, it, there's also the technical challenge of having a monitors is calibrated yeah yeah and is your monitor calibrated to the the monitor of the artist or to the person that's right together the blog blog or whatever yeah. so i mean i i always encourage people to, to calibrate their monitor um especially if you're a photographer you have to you should be doing it probably every month um huh. as, as your screen changes photons and whatnot but um Excellent pro tip right there. Uh, yeah, calibrate the monitor, really important. I mean, the the you know, print is still magical, and I I, I agree with you. I I think that um, tactile feel. Yeah, there's a certain um, aesthetic. It's like rec like listening to vinyl on a high end system. It's pretty awesome mm -hmm. and it's the same thing that's looking as a, ma a magazine that where you you feel like you know you have something of value it's a it's a physical format um and it has it's something you can hold on to especially in the case of triple zero and, and the road rat where you have something that's you know big and on heavy paper and well printed and you know it's it's not gonna you're not gonna throw it in the trash so it's nice to have those things, although they do take up physical space. So there's that challenge as well. But it's also, in, in my mind, like art, like the Triple Zero magazine and things like that. It's something that you can present out there. It, it's truly a coffee, a coffee table book that could, you know, has knowledge and yeah, beautiful exactly. photos in it, especially like, like that with Road Rat, and thing, Road Rat and things of that nature as well. Cool. Yeah. Any other fun projects you got coming up? Um, I'm going to photograph a, a Porsche factory in 1971. Safari 911 in Florida in November. Um, I'm I spend the winters in Santa Barbara as much as I can. Uh, <laughs> then there's a lot of great projects down there that uh, will keep me busy this winter. Yeah, so the weather's definitely on your side down there, not so much here. <laughs> yeah, it's nice to have a studio. Up Unless here. you want to shoot in the rain. I mean, <laughs> we, we proved that today with you and Carl. So yeah, <laughs> yeah that looked pretty good. It actually. did. I mean, like, I, I was, it's amazing. I was looking at the car, thinking, "God, it's raining," and then I'm like, "Oh, look at look at the the all you're seeing in the light." And, yeah, know, the yeah. light is very very important. I mean, if you're talking about pro trip pro pro tips. Those two. I th yeah, those two. <laughs> 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 what? Yeah. Uh, I think that lighting is most important. Uh, but your background, especially with cars, cars take up a big amount of space. You have to be thinking about backgrounds and composition, but the lighting has to be there. And, and then you just look for the, you know, the extra element, like a moment. That brings it all together. So yeah, uh, Carl's taught us that many times. He hmm. says he says I sit there and he goes I I see the background and I wait for the the, the foreground right. to happen kind of thing. Right. So yeah. Right. Like Whatever street photography. Happen. Yeah. But yeah. but with cars. Yeah. yeah. That's more of what I'm doing. Trying to do more of that. Interesting. Yeah. And uh, um, if you want to follow you and see your work, where should we send them? Well, I've got randywells.com. That's my blog, and from there you can go to wellsimagery.com, which is my main website. All right. And, and you I can find it on Instagram at Randy Wells, correct? Cars.RandyWells. Cars.RandyWells, sorry. And then yeah. Landscapes.RandyWells, right? Yeah, but it's it's more of, 
you know, that's my older work from the 80s and 90s. Because I'm, not, you know, it's still it's still fun to show it because you know it's not there's not a lot of venues to show it, but yeah, not a lot of people are doing it. That's the I mean. well, I I don't know that that's the case. I think really? landscape photography. Maybe? I mean, I'm I'm I don't see it as I mean, obviously I'm not yeah. actively looking for it. Yeah. I was gonna say I don't think we're just actively looking for it. Yeah, yeah. I, think yeah. I think that's probably it. Yeah. I'm like cars, pets, cars, yeah. pets, cars. <laughs> <and> <laughs> that's like my entire cars, is. pets, landscape. I'll just add it in. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Put it all. So together. many beautiful rolling hills. Let's yes. get that cat in the car and put it. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> put the cat in the car. I don't <laughs> care. <laughs> the trifecta. We haven't fed it for two weeks. This will work. Trust me. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> don't don't run towards <laughs> me. Don't, don't, don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. Any pictures of your house cat is it attacks your face. <laughs> That's going to hurt. Yeah. This is the moment before Randy lost an eye. Yeah. That's going to leave a mark. Yeah. You know, if you want to do something fun to photograph this weekend, mm-hmm. it is the, let's see, Avance is doing an Emerald Downs event, right? Uh, I think it's uh, at the Ridge. At the Ridge. Yeah. They, they had, they had, they oh, it's a track day. Yes, yeah, so the track day, uh, nine uh, this Saturday, 921. Perfect. Uh, uh-huh. Yeah, it's a track day. Like, uh, they just got done this weekend. Uh, like we said early, earlier, they had the all-female uh, autocross, which I think now Amanda is hooked. Uh, hooked. Um, we had plans with her this weekend. Apparently, she's going to ditch us because she wants to go autocrossing. Cause, so she's going to like fully embrace the lifestyle. I blame Tasha. I blame the GT3 RS. <laughs> 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 you very rarely see people like me going, you know, I think I'm going to take the Subaru out and uh, the cross track and see how she does. Yeah. So well, I'm, I'm going to use an advanced parts partner to fix my glass that I broke on my Porsche mm-hmm. this weekend. It finally it turned 40,000 miles, and I broke the windshield. Fair enough. Yeah. But you're supposed to be leading. Who, who threw a rock at you? A semi. Oh, that didn't do it. <laughs> it wasn't okay. one of my group. Mm. I mean, all those sport tires the ones and you don't fast cars. Yeah. And yeah. no, it was a semi that cut a corner too sharp, and you're like, huge rock. Mm. I, mean, I saw it coming, and it, made, it was one of those that made you duck. And you see it, and you're like, oh, crap. Yeah. And then it bounces off the windshield, and then... Oh, I have glass in front of me. I'm oh, good. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah that's yeah, good. one of that's those. But, uh, yeah, if you guys want to take some photos of some cars and actions, any Avance track event is going to be great for you guys to go to. Uh, their calendar is public, so you can just go to Avance.com and check out the calendar, and you will find tons to do all winter long, regardless of the weather. Adam's your guy, and he knows how to keep stuff moving. And, and if you're going. not an Avance member, join and Avance Off-Road. Yeah, and you I'm got getting the, deeper into Avance Off-Road. I saw. Well, didn't you just get something for that? I got, I got a bunch of stuff for the, this, the car this week, this winter, some new traction mats and some... It was funny because I was doing some research on traction mats, and with traction mats, yeah. you don't want to you don't want to you know spin out on them because you'll burn the tips down. Yeah. Well, I don't. I, I have the cross track, and I go off road, but it's it's a stick, so there's a tendency to spin the wheels. Be a so bad driver. I mean, spin the wheels. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's true. <laughs> so I found some really cool traction mats. Thanks actually to uh, some Avance people and uh, the Pacific Northwest cross track guys, and there's re- it has uh, replaceable studs. So yeah. if I do tend to screw something up, I'll be able to fix it. <laughs> So, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Very cool. I'm looking forward to go finding some real deep snow hole and digging myself out, and then I'll call you, Dan, to come find me. Okay. <laughs> I've still got all my recovery gear. I know. Oh, no, I've got your recovery gear. Man. I know. <laughs> I'm still Jeep shopping. They finally uh-huh. gave – there's a there's a leaked pricing option for the uh, diesel for mm. the new Wrangler coming out finally. Nice. So I'm many toys, so little time. Oh, I'm looking at all the toys. That everybody working on those Rubicon – or not the, uh, Rubicon uh, – the new trucks. Oh, the uh, Gladiator. Watching with some of the pe- those builds are insane, and everybody's putting hel- elephant engines and the Hellcat engines, and yeah, it's because they're underpowered and they're snapping axles left and right. But <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so yeah, I don't know. I'm still even like I we could go off on that for hours. Yeah. That's just anyway, the, the there's tons of stuff yeah. to do heading up. If you go to Avance.com, there is so much that will keep you busy all winter long. You don't have to like give up your car anymore. There's Adam's got you covered, and you'll see Dan and I there a lot. We'll have more time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. 
Randy, thank you so much for coming in. We appreciate you uh, and your art. It's incredible, um, and we love seeing that, and we look forward to seeing some of the future stuff you're coming out with. And you know, well, Thank you guys for having me. Yeah. And, yeah. Thanks uh, for coming and having Rain a great City, Supercars, <laughs> Drivers Club. You guys are <laughs> awesome. Yeah. It's an right. awesome place. It doesn't suck here. No, no. it's, it's yeah. a good <laughs> life very, here. Very, That's very for sure. Thank for, you. Yeah, no problem. Uh, for Rain City Supercars, I'm Nick. And I'm Dan. Don't just get there. Enjoy the drive.